0: hockey fans and welcome back to another edition of rink wise new england's premier hockey podcast produced by the new england hockey journal i'm your host stephanie wood joining us in studio today we have a special guest brian decord brian welcome to the show
1: thank you very much it's been a while since we saw each other last in a rink
0: oh yes big surprise yeah Yeah.
1: big surprise that is
0: yeah we good to catch up for a little bit of course before the show and brian has a extensive background in hockey and and particularly with with goaltending. He's currently the president of Stop It Goaltending. And Brian, really exciting. As we just said, you're going to be approaching your 25th year soon coming up with that.
1: Yes. Dates me a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) 1999 is when it all started.
0: That's very exciting. And, And obviously that's just been such a successful business and program. I mean, anytime I walk into a rink, I feel like I I see your stop at goaltenders, and they. I always like to watch the drills too that you guys do. I always steal a couple drills.
1: It's it's amazing. We train almost a thousand goalies a year. Wow! And if you think about, it, I, I think that tells you a little bit about what's happening in hockey, right? If you look at the even the player end and the focus now on skills, and the players going out in finding skill companies to work with, especially in the off-season, and even sometimes during the season, clinics and camps and so on and so forth, I think the goalies were a little bit ahead of the players in terms of going to find that independent skill development environment for them to grow as goalies. And, And a lot of this change in hockey where all of a sudden the goal scoring has gone up and the skill has gone up dramatically, I attribute to the players doing the same thing as what the goalies have been doing for a long time.
0: That is really interesting, I must say. I don't I've never thought of it from that perspective. And it makes complete sense. So the goalie training, specific training that, that you guys provide. You're you're exactly right. Like that's how the game is gravitated the skills training now to players. So I've never thought of it from that from that side of the Well
1: things. look at look at NHL teams and, and it was okay, let's get a skills coach. And now it's let's have two skills coaches. And okay, let's get a skills guy in the minors. And so like for me, and, and the next iteration of that for me is your goal-scoring coach. I, I think that's the next step. Because at the end of the day, winning hockey games comes down to scoring more goals than the other team. And to me, I've, I've always found it fascinating a player can go on a breakaway or go get a great scoring opportunity and come to the bench and no one will ever say anything. But if he misses a back check, the minute he gets to the bench, oh, you've got to position yourself here or there. But no one's has so I think that's – when I was was with Arizona about two years ago, and that was something that we talked a lot about, having someone that would look at goal scoring throughout the organization from the prospects all the way to the end, and just one person, that's that's their lane. That's all they thought about was how to finish, how to score goals.
0: That's really interesting, and I I – couldn't agree more. I mean, I think that's perhaps a foreshadowing for, for what we'll see down the road. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, com- I think
1: skill development, it, it's fascinating where it's gone. Like, even in the last five years, it's been a dramatic increase. And then maybe five years before that, it started to gain momentum. The nice thing is, if you watch an NHL game now, the skills are overwhelming. It, it, I look at it going, thank goodness I'm not playing anymore. It is so fast. And there's so much traffic. Guys are buzzing all over the place. It's it's a whole different game, and a lot has to do with it's just the ability for the players to be able to handle the puck and skate. And what as, as you, whether it's players or whether it's goalies, it all comes down to skating.
0: Oh, it sure does. And and you said it. Yeah, I know. Every time I go back to Northeastern, even and just watch. I mean, the the men and the women. I mean, it's it's a completely different game from when I was there, and it's it's progressed. Rapidly, and it's it seems to be getting better every single year.
1: And I think I think social media might have something to do with that too. If you think about everything that's available to players, goalies, you can go pull your phone out and look at so much online. I look at it from a goalie standpoint. Yes, we've been around forever, and and but I really look at stop at goaltending from the business side as how are we different? We're different. Based on the environment that we create, the personality, of the coaches, the connection that we have with the kids. But in terms of techniques, there's not many secrets out there because you can find everything online. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah. And it's it, it's it's as I joked with you, I love watching some of your sessions and getting drills and you just you do a lot of great things. And it's, it's certainly a lot different how, the, how far things have come and how how well things have progressed over the years.
1: You know, the formula hasn't changed that much over all that time so we have our private lessons and then we have our summer camps and and they're a little bit different and it's funny because in a private lesson we're development coaches so we're there 100% for the goalies and the lessons are pretty similar you start off you start with your skating okay I say you gotta eat your vegetables so first thing is you gotta eat your vegetables and then we get into the lesson plan and then at the end of the lesson plan you gotta play a game it's got to be fun. And even the older goalies, the guys in the summertime and they come back and you've got a 27-year-old playing in the NHL and he'll come up to me with 10 minutes long and go, hey, what's game time going to be? <laughs> right? 27
2: years old. That's what? awesome. Yeah. Because
1: yeah. that's where you get to go, just go play. And it's funny, my position at BU as a goalie coach there, I'm actually a performance coach. It's two completely different roles. So I can be in my development center I'm working with the goalie. I'm thinking long term. I'm thinking what can we work on, and that we can compound, so that in time, that goalie's is going to get better at that particular skill. That's development coaching. And then I then I drive over to BU and I get on the ice, and I'm like, okay, what do I have to do to get the goalies ready for Friday? Not a year from now or two years from now, but what do I have to do to get them in the right frame of mind? Yep. And to be able to give them some training that's going to help them perform to the best of their ability, because that's what I'm there for. I'm there to help the goalies perform. And it's two completely different jobs.
0: Well, that's exciting because, and congrats, by the way, I know BU is is having a great year and look at the the rankings with with Hockey East. I know that's, you guys are doing really well there. So congrats on that. And and I think that'll tie in. I I know you have just a, a very extensive background, obviously, and not really sure where to start, but also currently the the goalie coach, or excuse me, the performance coach at <laughs> The goalie slash performance yeah. coach, yes, absolutely. Jack slash, psych- sla-
1: slash psychologist, yeah.
0: There you go, yep. And so why don't we get into your background a little bit more? I mean, again, I know you, you've you had a lot of involvement with professional teams, and just so we can get the full picture of Brian Decord.
1: Sure, I'd say uh, from a professional standpoint, start off with the with the Bruins actually, as the goalie coach there and had a guy by the name of Byron Defoe and John Graham while I was there and worked with a young goalie by the name of Andrew Raycroft who's now with me every day working at the bridge at Stop It. So I I was with with the Bruins. I was under Pat Burns and Robbie Futorek and Mike Keenan. And uh, I was with the Toronto Maple Leafs as a scout. And I'd spent most of my time as a coach. And it was really interesting because when I went to the scouting world, I thought scouting was about finding players. And what I found out very quickly was that scouting is about eliminating players. And I think it's really important for all goalies and all players to understand this. So if you think about my job with Toronto, I'd have about maybe 30 weekends. I'd have 30 weekends to cover the world as a scout. So what was really important for me to be effective was to see the goalies often, but there's not enough time. There's way too many goalies. I'd get a list from all the regional scouts at the beginning of the year, whether it was in the USHL or whether in the CHL or whether it was in Sweden, and I'd have to follow these players and, and make a determination at the end of the year, like who should we draft? And I quickly realized the faster that I could eliminate a goalie the more time that I would have to spend on the goalies that I, I was really interested in. So now you think about that and you go, okay, I'm a scout, I go to a game. Guess what? I'm there for warm up, And I'm watching warm up. And that's, that's like your first impression. You get to see how a goalie moves, just how they interact, what kind of frame of mind they're in or how they, how they go about things. And some people say, well, you can't really tell anything from warm up and I said well if I asked you to run down the street and run back and I asked you to run 50% I'd have a pretty good idea of what kind of athlete you are it's the same thing watching a goalie in warm up is the goalie catching pucks cleanly how's he he tracking is he he tracking down on pucks like what are his habits so you find out a lot about the goalie so right off the bat I'm watching I'm watching warm up and then you get into a game And there's so many tells. So let's take a simple dump in. It's going behind the net. It's a rim. And the goalie struggles to get back. Right off the bat. Oh, good. I can eliminate. He can't skate. I can eliminate that goaltender. How about a guy comes down the wing. It takes a shot three feet over the net. And the goalie's in butterfly. He's down. Doesn't read the play. Doesn't read the release that well. How about a three on two and it's a linear pass and... The goalie's way late, not because he's physically late, but late getting there because he didn't read the play. And everybody in the building saw that that guy's open. He's getting the puck. Everybody knows he's getting the puck. So when you're looking at these things, you can eliminate, and then you can move on. So therefore, my message on this to goalies is take care of your habits. Take care of – look at your game and go – Not what will the coach like or what will the scout for the Toronto Maple Leafs like. What could the scout from the Toronto Maple Leafs eliminate me with? And that's where I'm going to, is it my puck handling? Is it my skating? Is it my tracking? Is it the ability to find pucks in traffic? Like, So what is it? And that's when you go into your development time, that's really what you want to look. What's that scout going to eliminate? Not. Hey, I got a hot glove. I got this great glove. He's going to see how great my glove is.
0: I think that's a wonderful and refreshing perspective. It's, it's different, to be honest with you. Because uh, everybody
1: thinks the scout goes there looking. We know who, we know who we're going there for. Oh yeah, yep. There's no surprise. If I went to your team right now, you'd go, Hey, Dak, these are the three best girls. <laughs> right? Just, oh yeah, that's yeah. just the way it is. Yep. And so when you go around, you, you know who you're looking at so there's not a lot of surprises and then you just got to you just got to reduce that so you can spend your time on on the players that you're ready to put your name on then kind of from there from toronto i actually went to arizona as a director of goaltending in arizona and that was unbelievable that was a that was a great nice weather up there it was yeah it was it wasn't too bad to go there once a month and and so from that experience looking at it from instead of just being out there developing and working with goalies now it's now it's the big picture and you learn very quickly how many goalies there are that are out there and i think when all goalies they want to get to the next level they they want to keep on growing the thing is if you do get to that next level and you are moving forward it's tough the supply and demand thing is way off for the goalies. There's just way too much supply for demand. There's so many good goalies. So therefore you've got to look at, okay, if I'm moving up, I got to have in my mind it's not going to be easy. I'm going to have to win a job because if I go out and I'm playing in that junior team or that prep school team, guess what? Everybody wants to win. So when you put yourself in that situation, you're going to go to that higher end of hockey, whether it's at the prep school, junior college, or whatnot. The coach is there to, that's his or her job, to win yep. a hockey game. Yep. And they're going to put who they think is going to win. And if it's not you, well, don't take your ball and go home. <laughs> it's not youth hockey anymore where you paid X amount of dollars and you're guaranteed half the games and so on and so forth. Like you've got to go earn your spot. And that resiliency factor, Andrew Raycross says it all the time, he just says, you got to stick around. Because for goalies, it basically comes to how much you can take. Because it's, it's tough. Even the goalie, like you look at the goalies that make it. And everybody, if you think back and you go, oh, wow, geez, this, this goalie made it. He's in the NHL. Oh, how, how great of an experience did that goalie have? Hmm. It's, not like, it's not like that. So take my son, Joey. You know Joey? Yeah, yeah. Joey went to, to Cushing Academy and was ranked for the NHL draft and 14th and was a junior at Cushing Academy. Ranked 14th in North America for the draft. Didn't get one scholarship offer. Hmm. Didn't get drafted. Okay, go back senior year. Got one offer. One offer, Arizona State. That's tough. He went on five different recruiting visits, did not get offered a scholarship. That's, that's tough to go and go through the process, and then the coach says, hey, we're not going to be offering anything. So that was tough. And then you get to Arizona, and they're a new team. the first year in college hockey. And you're getting 40, 50 shots a night and giving up six goals and five goals and eight goals. And, and, and it, it was tough there. But stick with it and three years later they're going to the nca top 16 there they're going to the tournament after three years but it wasn't easy to get like no part of that journey was easy and now he's okay signs the nhl plays a game the first week and now he's been there four years battling trying to get an nhl job a net so if you look at oh there's Joey DeCordo, one-way contract. and El- No, it, it wasn't easy. And, and this is consistent with goalies. And, and that's why that resiliency factor and, and what Andrew says is, is the ability to stick around. It's, it's the ability to be able to go through it and just keep moving forward. And, and Marty, Marty Berder had a, a great expression. This is awesome for all goalies to know. Marty Berder would get beat in practice. And he'd say, never get beat twice. Get ready for the next one.
0: That's great advice.
1: You lose a game, get ready for the next one. There's a a great word that goalies use. It's called next. You give up a goal next. Stephanie, you pull your goalie. That goalie comes to the bench next. Yeah. Because that's all you can do at that point. Keep moving forward. And the goalies that end up saying, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. They drift off. And those goalies that have resiliency, that keep on plugging away, Tim Thomas, right? Tim Thomas wins the Stanley Cup, but a few years earlier, the Bruins cut him. Right. See ya, thanks. I was there. Great story. Can I tell you this Tim Thomas story? Oh, please. Yeah, no,
0: this is captivating, you know, the
1: audience. This is is an awesome Tim Thomas story. So I'm the goalie coach for the Bruins, and we bring Tim Thompson. And and what
0: what year was that, just to remind us again? Oh, geez, early 2000s. Okay.
1: So Tim Thomas comes on a PTL. That means a professional tryout. So he comes to training camp. He was awesome in training camp. But we had Byron Defoe, our $3 million goalie, and then we had our backup goalie had won a call the cup with, uh, with Providence, and he was on a one-way contract. There was, there was no space for him. So we had played our last game of the preseason, in Madison Square Garden, and, and, and this was the next day. And the general manager w- was in the coach's office, and they were sending the guys to Providence. Guys that were getting cut. Now they forgot that I go on the ice early with the goalies. So I'm thinking that Tim Thomas is let you know let go at this point. And I'm walking through the locker room. I look over, there's Tim Thomas. He's half dressed. He's sitting in his pads and his pants. He's getting ready to go on the ice. And I'm going, he's not on the roster. I know he's not on the roster anymore.
0: Right, right.
1: Like, what what do I do? So I went over, I said good morning. He said, Hey, good morning, Dak. And I go, Hey, have you checked in with anybody this morning? <laughs> and he looked at me and goes, "Hey, if they want to cut me, they can drag my ass off the ice." Wow, that's what he said. That's so. What do I do at that point, right? What do I do? So I go, "All right, let's go." Yeah, like so. He
0: why not, I, right? What do you?
1: And I do you don't say? know what happened in the background when someone figured out that Tim Thomas is on the ice, but that was that was the mentality. So he knew. He he didn't care he was getting cut. He wasn't pouting. He was, hey, I want to go on the ice. I want to get better. And they can drag my ass off the ice if they want to cut me. And that's the mentality. And not just for goalies. That's the mentality that players have to have. It, it's, it's so funny. We deal with it all the time, the kids that we work with.
0: Yep they want to play
1: Division I college hockey. Oh, yeah,
0: everyone. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you ask one of the girls you work with, where do you want to play? Where do you want to play at BU? Where do you want to play at UNH? I get this all the time, right? The truth of the matter is, you make it to BU, you make it to BC, you make it to UNH, you make it to Merrimack, you have two jobs. You're a full-time professional athlete and you're a full-time student. It's a grind and a half. So... I don't think the kids realize how much work it's going to take. What when you get there, how much work it takes to get there. But then when you get there, you're talking about. I mean, if you're at a Division One program right now, like you're a pro hockey player.
0: It's it's a grind. It's a full time job. As video
1: off ice PT, yeah. like everything that you, you have to do to get ready for the weekend, while being a full time student trying to get your rest, trying to take care of your body. It's not easy. These guys, when you go watch the Division 1 game, like you got to respect these guys for what they do. And back in the day when I played, it wasn't like that. Right? Like it, it, the demands weren't the same as they are now. Yeah. Now it's and and that's why you you have to I'm going to go we were talking about youth hockey earlier. And I I'm going to go back to this with kind of going off on this but it's so hard what gets you through it and allows you to be able to put in that effort is the fact that you love the game so much and you love the game this is my thought I'd love to hear yours on this you love the game so much because you had such a positive experience when you were younger your youth hockey experience whether it was the coaches or the kids or the games the tournaments the knee hockey in the hallway of the hotels all those great memories you need to have that to fuel that passion so when it gets to be a grind that you can draw on that do you kind of think the same
0: i i absolutely do brian and the D- dare I say the the youngest or your first touches of of hockey? So mm. on the girl side, for example, it's like U eight. So where they're first starting out, or the boys side, maybe Mike development or or whatever. Yep. And that's I think the you have almost the most important role ever in those kids' careers because again, if you think of it, that is the base of their pyramid, not only from a skills standpoint, but if they don't leave like the U eight program mm. loving hockey and having fun you just you, there's no way that they will keep progressing so again in my opinion as as well I, I completely agree like that is it's almost the most important years in terms of their framework for down the road
1: and absolutely you need it you because when it gets hard that's what you're going to draw on and you're going to draw on those experiences and it's up to we're lucky we get to to work with young i mean I get it at both ends
3: right yep. even
1: yep. the same day I can get off the ice with a 15 year old and then go get on the ice with an NHL drafted goalie. So I, I get it from both ends. but yeah, you've got've got, you, you've got a, that's, our, that's our job yep. as, as coaches at the youth hockey level to share that passion that we have, share that with them so, so they have and they just have a, have a great experience with it.
0: Yeah oh yeah, so, so important. Right, so important, and I'm sure you see it as well. Like sometimes you just you look at certain programs or teams, and the focus, it, it just it's so intense. The environment now, and mm. we know that hockey is intense and it's competitive and. I think there's a certain time or place for that. And again, at those younger levels, like I, I love to hear, and I've seen your practices, trust me, I've seen, I've seen your goalie practices. I, I love watching them and you're right. Game time's
1: a riot, right? Oh, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's chaos. And yeah. it's like,
0: it's like grown men. We're yes. not, I'm not talking eight year olds. So I think that to your point, like that passion that has been instilled, hopefully when they were younger, it never leaves and it's just uh, the game should always be fun in, in some aspect. Otherwise, it's, it just becomes too tedious to put all those that work in and all the hours to get to the levels that you're describing.
4: New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise podcast will return after this message. Want to improve your hockey skills? Join the pros and try Sense Arena Hockey, a VR training tool available for both players and goalies elevate your game by improving your decision-making read and react skills. Train in-game scenario reps with Sense Arena to improve your hockey IQ. Reaction time, puck tracking ability, use of peripheral vision, anytime, anywhere. Play and train in over 500 different game-like scenarios. Don't miss our holiday deal. Save over $500 and get the MetaQuest 2 for free with the purchase of an annual plan. To take advantage of this offer, visit hockey.sensearena.com. That's hockey.sensearena.com. Sense Arena Hockey, training the next generation. Catch the Sacred Heart University Pioneers on the ice this season. The Pioneers Division I men and women's hockey programs will not disappoint. Season ticket packages and individual tickets are on sale now at sacredheartpioneers.com. And opening in 2023, Sacred Heart University's Martiri Family Arena, a brand-new, 122,000-square-foot premier skating facility in Fairfield, Connecticut. Learn more at sacredheartpioneers.com.
3: Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self paced, and available 24 7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today.
1: Something else that I'd love to talk to you about as a coach is what I've, I've been kind of beating a drum on this. And I don't know if it's possible or not. But one of the things that has really hit me lately, and you get focused on different things as a coach, right? Different periods and and different seasons. And, And now for me, I wonder about the pace of the goalies play. So it's been a big emphasis at BU this season to increase the pace so we, we're very fortunate. We have an NHL-drafted goalie, Drew Camesso. Awesome kid, just tremendous kid. And a worker, loves the game, loves talking goalie. And I keep on saying, don't play at the college pace. Play at the pro pace. Your next step is the NHL. Well, let's go. Let's play at the NHL. And that means when that puck moves from point to point, get to your spot in time to have a cup of coffee before that guy's ready to shoot a puck. So let's increase our pace. So that mentality could go for the junior goalie, the high school goalie, the youth goalie, the goalies that want to move up a level. Go to practice every day. Let's increase the pace. Let's get to our spots. If you are a coach, you are a coach, and you're watching a kid not back check, what's going to happen?
0: Well, they're going to hear about it. They're
1: going to hear about it, right? Not acceptable. Yeah. But when a goalie goes half speed to follow a puck that went to the corner after a shot, no one says a word, okay? If you you guys dump the puck in and the four-checker, F1, goes in half speed, that F1's going to hear about it. But if that goalie is tracking the play coming in, and moving at half speed. No one says a word. So if we want to get better as goalies and we want to move to the next level, play at the pace of the next level. And we have a great expression in goalie world. It says, beat, beat the pass, don't meet the pass.
0: I like that one. Yeah. I like it a lot, yeah.
1: So here's the deal. So I have a, a bridge program. Oh, yeah. So yep. it's... We'll it's, talk about that as it's well. Basically, it's basically... ...the uh, ninth graders majority, yeah. right? And so I went to see them all play in the last month. And I watched the game the other day. I almost took a video of the opposing goalie, who's a pretty talented goalie. I'm watching this goalie pretty talented. Who went half speed the entire game. And I know if that goalie was a forward or a defenseman, they would have been sitting on the no way a coach would have put up with that. But coaches aren't watching the pace of the goalies. Yeah, they wouldn't I, they wouldn't even know
0: i would agree yeah yeah it's
1: so so we've got to somehow get the coaches that you don't have to know hockey to know a goalie's following his rebound at 60 70% instead of 100% and getting back to the post and getting back out and getting to their spots cuz th- from a goalie standpoint the quicker you can get to your spot the more time you have to read the play and the more settled you are to read the release So get to your spot. Now think about practice. Goalie's left on his own 99% of the time. The goalie's naturally going to gravitate to the pace of that practice. Even though, and this is from a girl standpoint, where you know the level of the girls, the goalies, versus the speed of the shots and the speed of the play is in the favor of the goalie, the girl's goalie. If they go match the speed they're playing at, they're not even challenging themselves. So for me, this is my challenge to coaches. It's my challenge to goalies. Push the pace. Play at a faster pace. If you want to move up and you want to get better, and here's the other thing. Steph, when you go to the board and you draw out a drill and you look over at your goalie and your goalie's watching the drill, send the goalie to the crease and tell the goalie to skate. Because skating's a huge differentiating factor. And if you look at a youth hockey practice now, take any youth hockey practice, go take a stopwatch, and every time there's a down period where the goalie could be skating, stick-handling a puck, working on crease management skills, going through the, the, the skating inside the crease... If you put, you'd probably go anywhere from five to 20 minutes of wasted time. So now think about compounding interest. Think about I'm your goalie and every day I'm getting an extra five to 20 minutes worth of skating. Compound that over the course of a season and then compound that over the course of years. So I just got off the ice with Dylan Silverstein this morning. He was with the U.S. National Program, and he's coming back from an injury, and his skating, like his edge work, like outstanding.
0: Like could be a player kind of thing. Oh, unbelievable. Instead of a goalie. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And you don't get that from going to goalie skills once a week. Right. So let's say I'm I'm your goalie, and I go to stop at goaltending and they've got a great and the coach is great and they do a great session. That's one session. So what's going to make that goalie good? The fact that that goalie went to that one session or that goalie took the drills or the, the concepts that they were working on in that station in, in that session and then applied it to the three practices they had to that 5 to 20 minutes.
0: It's a great concept.
1: That's where you get that's where you get a goalie. So yeah. so so I'm asking you as a coach: Can we get to the point where the coaches can look at the goalies and go, "Hey, we're just doing power play. Now. Like, go down to the other end, and skate. <laughs> like, or you know, can we get to that point with the coaches? Because that's a big develop development opportunity for us that that we think is being wasted.
0: Oh, it it really is, and it's it's really great. To, I think to bring this up because so obviously we're in the same rings a lot. Like I coach a lot and I'm sure there's lots of coaches just like me. You weren't a goalie. So it's not, it's not your expertise if you will, but
1: coaches say they weren't goalies. Yeah.
0: Right. And so I think to your point, it's, it's not uncommon when you're coming up with your drills and things like that, you, don't cater necessarily towards your your goalies. I think that that's a pretty common mm-hmm. thing and as you, as you hit on. And w- what a great idea though to say work with someone like yourself or take what the goalies are doing in your curriculum and a little bit more coordination. And so I don't have to be a goalie expert per se to be able to bring that to my practice so that the goalies get more out of it, if you will.
1: So I wrote a book, a year ago called How to Be a a Goalie Parent, right? And one of the things that I wrote in that book was, hey, every coach should have an assistant coach responsible for the goalies. Okay, so you don't need a goalie coach. You just need someone responsible for the goalies. Now, any goalie that does any training knows the basic triangle skating drill for a goalie, knows the basic skating, skating drills, and has a back pocket of things. The the coach does, so if you make one of your assistant coaches, the assistant coach responsible for the goalies, doesn't, that coach doesn't need to know anything about goalies. That coach says, hey, Stephanie's over there teaching something about angling. Let's go over here and get five minutes of skating in. And I'm going to be here. Let's skate. Yeah. Okay. And then in a game, uh, here's goalie world, right? And I learned this very quickly at my son's first goal, my, my son's, son's first practice. So I was the goalie coach for the Bruins and Joey's going to practice at Brooks School in North End. I and never this, forget this. Was this
0: back at Cushing or was this back Brooks at Brooks? School. Okay. Yep. He's
1: like a mite or a squirt or something, yep. right? So it's his first practice. So I go to practice, rush from the, go- I, I end up getting back and, and I come in like 10 minutes late and I start watching practice. And no one, obviously no one's working with the goalies. So I figure out right away, okay, so no one's paying any attention to the goalies. And, and then the longer, because and the, all I started thinking to myself as a goalie dad at this point is, could an adult on the ice go recognize my son? That, that's what I'm thinking as a goalie parent, right? A goalie can go to a game, a youth hockey game, literally go in the rink, get dressed, go on the ice, get undressed, leave the rink, And not have one single interaction with an adult.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's astonishing, really. Yeah.
1: Meanwhile, the other kids, they're hearing something on the bench. They're talking to other kids. They're talking to the coaches. They're getting feedback and, and, and suggestions. And they're getting coached. So how about your assistant coach responsible for the goalies? In between periods, when the coach comes over, you go over and talk to the goalie talk about the weather i don't care but acknowledge the goalie as part of the team yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> you, know, oh, you know what i mean like absolutely yeah it, that coaches forget about them ex- exactly you know, exactly right? but just, if you because yeah. you
1: got because you're thinking about where you're worried about winning the game and all yep. this stuff yep. you don't have time and i was a head coach too at, ber- at prep school like i forgot about the goalie. i was a goalie guy is <laughs> what i do and i forget about the goalie <laughs> The soon. goalie
0: guy forget about yes, the
1: goalie because yeah. you get tied up right yeah in in practice but there's so many things that you can do without knowing without knowing anything about goaltending. So as a coach, right? So I coached at Brooks School for three years. We ended every single drill on a whistle. So blow the whistle. The guys would start at both ends. Take their shots. But they wouldn't stop until they heard a whistle. So that rebound, everybody played every single rebound. You don't have to know anything about goalie coaching. Your goalies are going to get better. Oh yeah, because yeah. they're playing every rebound. Yep. I even took it to the extreme: the the three line warm up drill. Yep. Okay. Yep. At Brooks, when I coached there, when you shot on the three line rebound drill, you had to go get your puck and go back in line.
0: I I love that. I love that because you know why? Like I just I think that both players and goalies pick up such bad habits when we don't play the rebounds.
1: Turn away yeah. from a puck? Like are you kidding? Are right? you kidding me? Like yeah, you think yeah. about practice, you somebody takes a shot, and they turn around, turn away from the puck, and they get in line so they can wait <laughs> until the next time they go. Like no, go go get your puck. So there's two different. So I use the whistle, and then you have the five second rule. So the five second rule it's a tie game. After the shot's been taken, it's a tie game zero zero. There's five seconds left, and everybody plays for five seconds. So when I was the goalie coach at Phillips Andover, we had Dean Boylan as the head coach. Awesome guy. Yeah, yeah. So what we used to do, we played five sets. Someone took a shot. There'd be a coach at both ends. John would be at one end, I'd be at the other end. And we'd count five, four, three, two. And it was, now it's real. The goalie's going full speed. The players, and and that's a real experience. You're trying to beat the clock. So it's not like... Playing at seventy percent or eighty percent, you're playing at a hundred percent. So everybody's getting better. So that's a couple of things from a I don't know goalie standpoint. Yep. If you structure your practice where that goalie has to play that rebound and where your kids have to play that rebound, it creates that level of intensity. And we talked about earlier playing at that pace that pushes the pace.
0: Oh, love that. And, and in a nutshell, again, just. Wonderful advice to, this could apply to any level, quite frankly, from youth to to pro and anything in between, because you know, at different levels, people have different resources, right? So youth is obviously going to be a lot different than Boston University, for example. But so to summarize, allocating one of the coaches, and it doesn't have to be a goalie expert, to work with the goalie, just take kind of what they're already doing in their training and put that on the ice, and then the five-second rule. I love that. From Five, from seven, everything about awesome. that, I love that. From the player's perspective and the goalie's perspective.
1: See, some coaches do the, oh, you have to, after you shoot, you have to go stop on the net. I, I don't get it. Like the puck's <laughs> in the corner. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're trying to drill in, go to the net. Yeah. No, go to the puck. Like someone's got to go get the puck. And if it, let's say it's a two-on-oh or two-on-one or whatever, there's a shot, puck goes to the corner. One guy's going to the puck, the other guy's going to get open. Learn time and space. Learn how to create a lane. Do something with that five minutes instead of going to wait in line.
0: You know what, Brian? I'm going to I'm gonna do that today in practice. I'm going to incorporate awesome. it. You know what? Nice. And I'll, I'll take a little video and I'm going to send it to you after.
1: <laughs> That'd so be awesome. Just, I'll just, post just, it yeah. on the Stop It website. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Five seconds. Like, listen, we got to get better at scoring, right? And one of our, our goalies, I mean, and they all, they want to play college, right? So you're, it's, we all have to find ways to get better. And again, I think that's just wonderful, wonderful advice to help incorporate your goalies from all, from all
1: levels. And, and it's about trying to get better and looking for ways. And if you go back, I'm a little bit older than you, a lot of bit older than you. We didn't have the resources that the kids have now. And that's so, I got a new app called the Stop It Goaltending You. And the idea was to provide the goalies these extra resources. We have, we have goalie breakdowns where we break down NHL goalies, their style from A to Z and, and on video. We have Netflix-style documentaries on goalie development. We have got we do a goalie IQ where I'm working with a goalie, and you see the clip, and right beside is a clip of an NHL goalie doing exactly what we're working on. So we've got all these different ways to provide resources for the goalies. You're going to like this. We actually, from a support standpoint, we have weekly calls. So let's say you have a goalie. Your goalie can hop on a weekly call, It's a group call. It's a virtual meeting once a week and talk to their coach. Wow. And have that consistent right through that message going right through and having that support. Because of technology now, we're also able to do video game reports. So we're doing video game reports. So a lot of goalies, they don't have a clue what they're doing from a structure standpoint in a game versus they're getting all this training in the development center. But that coach... I said, "Stop it! We don't get to see them in games." It is shocking, sometimes, to see a goalie that trains in the development set, and then you go to a game, and you go, "Wow!" And I get this from the Bridge kids. Right. So, like I said, I went last month, and I've got this goalie, really good goalie, who's so good at handling the puck. I go to see him play; wouldn't leave the net to go play the puck. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have known that. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's really cool. So we have we have this uh, these video game reports, so we're able to do video. So what I'm what I'm trying to do, I keep on trying to push the envelope a little bit. Like you guys, the players have really pushed the envelope, and I think it swung to the player side. I'm trying to swing it back to the goalie side again, yeah, and yeah. provide the the understanding of the game. I'm providing a. I'm trying to provide a vehicle for the goalies to better understand how to actually play the game which is a lot different than mechanics and technique
0: that's it's reminds me a little bit of uh, skaters i guess if you if we want to compare to something you are in practice a could be the best skater on the ice have incredible skill work but then when you put them in a game it's like don't know how a, to play hockey yeah watching a completely different exactly player. so is that kind of i think maybe a good comparison of what you're describing on the goalie side 100
1: we all know the players that you always make the joke if someone left the Zamboni door open, they'd skate out. <laughs> like we know those yeah, guys. Yeah, I
0: mean, we usually keep it to ourselves. But
1: yes. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> right. but we yeah. we know those guys. Yeah. And one of the, one of the things that, that really struck me. We have an Instagram page. We, we got four, we have forty two thousand people that watch our that wow. that, that uh, follow us. Okay. Yeah. But we put in these 10-second clips, twelve second clips. Well, that's great but where's the explanation? And that was kind of my driving force. Oh yeah, okay, now there's all this stuff on the internet and it's all out there, but let's teach it. And I find, going back to my bridge, because one of the things that we do in the bridge, we, with Andrew Raycroft, we watch video at noon every day, 30 minutes. And the amazing thing is, it takes 30 minutes to do about three minutes worth of video. Wow! Because we start, okay, plays coming in. We're watching the Bruins playing the Rangers. Plays coming in over the blue line. All right, what do we see? Okay, where's the goalie's depth? All right, what do you anticipate happening? Which way does the does the trailer shoot? Who's the most dangerous guy on the ice? Right. So you talk this through. So it takes half an hour to get through three minutes, but that's where we're missing a little bit in the coaching thing like you're an awesome coach but you only have them there so the question is what are your players doing to become more knowledgeable about the game and understand the game that when you're not with them and that comes down to watching and we've taken it like one step further so it's about watching and we explain
0: and I think great insight to obviously why you guys have been so successful and almost twenty five years now stuck around. We've stuck business. around. Oh, you sure have. <laughs> it hasn't
1: been easy, but we stick yeah. around.
0: Great goalie mentality for sure. And let's talk a little bit more about your your bridge program. So okay. just so that our our audience can just have a better understanding of that. I know we've had a couple of goalies that have been yes. through it and had great experiences. So how long has that been around and just kind of help explain exactly the purpose of it.
1: Okay. So the bridge program has been, I think we're in our sixth year right now when it comes to the girls, We've placed every single girl in a prep school. That's, wow. Every, that's, like, that's not awesome. one hasn't. Every single girl's gone on.
0: And on the girl side, that's really their goal for coming to you, well, usually. Well, everybody
1: wants to move forward, whether it's club, whether it's prep school, whether it's academies. Academies are big right now. So when you talk about development from a hockey standpoint, what you have to look about is USA Hockey did a study. And they said the optimal window of trainability for a hockey players between 13 and 15 years of age. Now you take a look at where we are in Massachusetts. What do we do at 13 to 15? And optimal window trainability doesn't mean you can't get better at 18, you can't get better at 10. What it means is it's your most retention in the shortest amount of time. So this is a key, key time. So what do we do? Bantam major. Bantam major. You've got some kids going to high school, some kids staying banned. Some kids need full season, some kids need half a half or a split season and go to their high school. So guess what? Bantam major gets watered down. So all of a sudden we lower the level of our Bantam major.
0: Interesting. Okay, yep. so that and yep.
1: that's the start yep. of our optimal window trainability. Yeah. So let's say you're a Bantam major and you need full season. You're not gonna play At the highest level, the oldest kids, a lot of times the better kids, the older kids, are now going to be in the high school. So that level isn't as high. Okay, so that's step one. Now let's say you go to your high school and you're a band of major that's in high school. So now you walk in in high school, you're 14 years old, and you're looking at the 17-year-old and the 18-year-old goalie. You're not going to play. So now it's. And I'm not saying you're not going to play. It's all situational, but at the end of the day, f- from a general standpoint, the coach is going to sit there and look at the guy with the beard and Everybody. go, "I'd rather play <laughs> this guy than the 14 year old goalie that just walked into my locker for, room." For sure. So
0: child versus exactly. Adult, almost yeah. really. So
1: so now, you take that optimal one to trainability, and, and the goalie's is not playing. They're opening the door, or they're playing JV. So what the bridge? A lot of we had a lot of discussions about. Why Massachusetts has lost our positions in goaltending, and we've lost it across the board, by the way, but in college hockey. So we ha- used to have a lot more mask goalies playing hockey, East and so on and so forth. So we did a really deep dive, like where, why? And we found that, that optimal one training, but we're taking that time and we're putting the kids on the bench. So we said, okay, so let's come up with a program. What's this program going to be? Let's do five years of training in one year. Basically, what it comes down to, and not just talking about the ice, but you know, the kids come in eight o'clock in the morning, they leave at four in the afternoon. They start off; they're either in the ice or on the G lab doing cognitive training. They got two hours of study period. They've got half hour with Andrew Raycroft doing video at lunchtime. Then they go out and play shinny hockey every day. Our kids play shinny That's hockey.
0: That's great. It's unbelievable, yeah, right? Like that, yeah. The
1: skating and the puck handling. Yeah. And then they go back another two hour study session. And then at 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock, then they do off-ice training. It's a full day and totally immersed of kids that are focused. Now, here's the astonishing part. So the kids do online learning. And there's some negative bias against online learning. Over the last three years, we haven't had a class average under 90%. Wow. Last year alone, we had a Dexter placement, a Groton placement, a BB&N placement. So you can't tell me that online learning, they couldn't get into the best schools in the country. So right. so, so, just last year alone, we had three kids and, and arguably the top tier academically.
0: Those are just, quite frankly, some of the top academic schools in New England, if not the country. So. And, and,
1: and one of the reasons why I think we've done a good job at that is not only have we made them desirable to the coaches because they're good but lo- looking at it from a from a, a big picture they understand how few nets there are so if you think about it, think about a little pyramid here okay we got three levels your base your middle your top and that's the academic school at academic schools colleges let's say do you know how many goalies are fighting for the spots at the bottom of the pyramid There's like it's it's unbelievable it's a battle to try to get one of those spots. But now when you get to that middle tier of colleges, now a lot of those goalies drop off because of academics. Mm. And now, instead of having X amount of nets, you have X plus Y, and you have less competition. Now you go up to the highest level, more nets, less competition. So the better you do academically, the more opportunities you have. Like goaltending development is about net acquisition. Don't don't think it's anything else. You have you have to get games played. Games played is the most important stat in goaltending. If I said to you, Steph, here's a here's a list of 20 NHL goalies that that played major junior hockey. And and I said, you list those goalies who you think's the best to the weakest. And you did that. And then I took a list of how many games played they had in the CHL you your head would spin and go i can't believe this it's shocking when i started working for the maple leafs i wanted to see is there any stats that would help me be able to predict who is going to make it wins doesn't matter mm. goals against doesn't matter save percentage no impact games played mm. the games played was the only stat and what that means is you've got to play games to get the experience you have to acquire a net
4: new england hockey journal's rink wise podcast will return after this message do you want to skate fast for 50 years laura stam instructors have taught youth players to pros how to skate correctly powerfully and fast Players who attend Laura Stam power skating programs learn how to skate fast by learning how to execute every maneuver in hockey. They become powerful, stable, efficient, and explosively fast skaters. If you can't wait for a clinic, join our subscription skills video service and we'll show you the skills taught at our clinics in an easy to use video format with training plans to guide your training. Register or subscribe now at laurastamm.com. That's L-A-U-R-A-S-T-A-M-M.com. You can learn to
3: skate fast. Do you want to become a better hockey player this summer with Paul Vincent Hockey? Since 1972, Paul Vincent, currently the head skills instructor of the Florida Panthers, has been developing NHL and college hockey players. Paul Vincent stands by his saying, there's always room for player development. Players such as Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Keith Andle, Matt Grizzlick, Patrick Sharp, Adam Oates, and many more have trained with Coach Vincent and his staff and have outstanding results. Join Paul Vincent this summer at one of his four Massachusetts locations, Canton, Saugus, Middleton, and Falmouth on Cape Cod. To reserve your spot today, go to pvhockey.com or call 978-807-807. Four zero seven zero. That's pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. Paul Vincent is
2: ready to get back to work this summer. Are you? I want to let you know about a great team that is training the next generation of hockey players. It's Bando Performance. Their experts work with hockey players at all levels, from youngsters to Olympians, right on up to the pros. And I'm going to tell you how to get a great deal with them in just a sec. Bando Performance's small classes ensure the best odds for success for athletes looking to increase power and performance, as well as their nutrition and health. It has the same high-tech equipment you'll find in NHL weight rooms that hockey players use to increase their strength, speed, and power. I told you I could save you some money on this, so listen up. Go to Bando-Performance.com and pick a training program that's right for you. And this is the good part. For RinkWise listeners, use the discount code Bando 30 off to get a 30% discount. That's bando performance.com with the code Bando 30 off and see your performance improve immediately. The way
1: I look at it is this if we went golfing at Andover Country Club, right, you and me, we're going to go golfing. It
0: might be scary for me. I'm I'm working on my game still, Brian. But (laughs) but yeah, we'll have to try maybe in the spring. Have you played Andover? I haven't been to Andover. Okay. No, not yet. So
1: you go Andover Country Club. And we go to the first tee. So we're going to meet up with two others. They throw two other people at us. Okay, okay, whatever. Then you have the people coming off. The, we're getting ready to tee off. Now you got the people coming off at 18. And you got all the people hanging out on the patio. Next thing you know, you're about to hit your ball and there's 25 people watching. <laughs> right?
0: Yikes. Yeah. So
1: now you go to the second hole. And guess what? It's just us. Totally different experience. Hitting your tee shot. With 25 people watching, and then just you and me, like, let's go hit some pulse. So that's the difference between practices and games. Hmm. You have to see those plays develop, you have to see, over and over again. You have to see those plays develop, you have to get the release, and you have to have it with a little angst, a little butterflies in your stomach. Yeah. So games played becomes extremely important. So then you look at it and go, okay, if games played is important, how do I acquire the net that I'm going to get the most games played? And when you think about games played, and, and, and let's say take a goalie like Carey Price, so he'd be at one of the top of the goalies on that list of games played, right? So Carey Price, even though he's not playing right now, he's probably about 72 years old in goalie years.
0: Yeah, wow. That's how, much,
1: <laughs> that's how much experience he has, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So if you watch clips of Carey Price taking shots, he's actually moving to make the save before the pucks come off the stick so he's read the knees the hands the shoulder the head like everything's registered with him wow. but there's no way that he could sit there and go okay I'm gonna watch the knees okay oh he's bending his knees that means he's going high oh his knees are straight up he's going low there's not enough time to process that right you just have to see it over and over and then it starts to register so the idea is you wanna play goalie like you drive a car. So you got in your car to drive over here. You don't remember turning it on. You don't remember how many times you checked your rear view or your side view. You you just drove. That's right, yep. Without thinking. Yep. So we've got to do that with goalies. And the more games played you have, the more you can play without thinking because you're naturally just picking up all these things. And to get back to the bridge, this is where you get to the hockey end. This is really, I think you're going to find this Interesting. So when we were looking at building the bridge and a way to develop top college goalies, I was reading a book called The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle, and I recommend it to any parent. And there's a chapter in the book. It's about a Russian tennis academy. And in that Russian tennis academy, they developed five of the top 10 women in the world. Now, this is an IMG USA with all the bells and whistles and all the best coaches and the facilities and so on and so forth. This is They had one court. They had one indoor court, a bunch of outdoor courts. Hmm. Five of the top ten, like, like impossible, yep. right?
0: Unbelievable, yeah.
1: So what did they do? They taught them how to play without balls. Hmm. Okay? So think about it this way. If I had a ball in front of me and you were teaching me how to swing, if that ball was static and there the whole time, just stayed right there, then my head tilt... My hip follow through, like my elbow bend, like everything would be the same over and over again. But the minute you introduced a ball, now I'd be reaching or handcuffed, and that would change every aspect of how I swung. So guess what we do? We go the first two months of the program, the kids don't see a puck. We start like they've never played goalie before.
0: And that's interesting given that you are training goalies. And it, 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 first it's it's first amazing. Part, no pucks. No
1: pucks. They won't see a puck, like depending on every group moves at its own pace, but you could hypothetically not see a puck for two months, two months of training. Wow. So then after you've got those, so now you have to know how to stand. You have to move. You have to know how to move. You have to go back, how to, go back to your post. So if I, if I had a puck shot at my stomach, my first instinct would be to look down, right? But what you really want to do is extend your neck out. And then look down, so now you have full visual attachment. And if that puck didn't hit my stomach and hit my pad, I'd still be on it. But if I just chin-tucked, I'd lose it for a fraction of a second, and then I'd have to reattach. But that doesn't happen in a session. I can't go, hey, Steph, come here. I'm going to teach you how your head's going to move on a smother shot. But give me two weeks of doing that over and over again until you just naturally do it so that's what we do so we do almost two months without a puck and then you have another two months till christmas five shots there are if you think about taekwondo there's a million you've seen the movie there's a million kicks there's a million punches kicks everything right but at the end of the day there's only seven core moves in taekwondo in goaltending there's only five core saves there's a low shot to the glove, low shot to the blocker. There's some other save. There's a butterfly glove and a butterfly blocker. Those are the, now, are there butterfly slides and but, like, yes, but it all stems from the same base. So what we do is we go master those five saves. We spend two months on five, we, one at a time. That makes sense. Right. We match. So now you're four months into the program and you've done five shots. In four months, that's what we do. Now, how, do, how does that relate? So let's take, I won't say her last name, a girl that came to the program, Avery, yeah. right? So Avery comes to the program, and it's in the spring. She applies. She goes out for the Mass Player Development. Mass Player Development takes eight goalies to the festival. She doesn't make it. She ranks as the ninth, Okay.
0: Ninth
1: out of Not no Ninth. She didn't make the top eight. Okay. She was ninth. Yeah. So she didn't make the festival, and the top two kids get picked to go to the festival.
0: Yeah.
1: So she does the bridge, doesn't see a puck for two months, does five saves in two months. So she spends four months, and she stopped five pucks. Three months later, she goes to the tryout, right? So she another three months with us where we start going into our system. So, but then she goes to the tryout. So she not only makes the top eight, she makes the top two and gets picked to go to the national development camp. And the other goalie was a bridge goalie too. Wow. So it, it, it was, it's such a apples to apples way of looking at that's one person, same kids, same environment, same everything, took one step back and said, guess what? I'm gonna, if, I'm a, if I'm a musician, I'm going to learn my scales. So I play guitar, right? I play a bunch of songs. But I've never spent time learning how to hold a guitar or doing my scales. Right. I went right to playing chords and playing songs. And that's what I think we do as goalies. We get going, we're playing, playing, playing. Yep. So what we do in this optimal window of trainability is we take a step back and we go, guess what? We're going to teach you, if you're playing piano, we're going to teach you how to sit at the bench. We're going to spend two weeks making sure that you're sitting properly. And we're going to start with one note, and then we're going to move to the next note, and then the next note. And that's what we do. So we take a step back, and then they take two steps forward. When I I think about that, you know, saying that I was on the air with Dylan Silverstein this morning, there's a kid that did our program, ends up on the national program. Okay? Like, I know. Like, he's a really good goalie. But he doesn't make the national program without taking a step back. Colin Wynn, who's doing great in the USHL right now, one of our first kids. We're starting to see that now, right? Because now from 13, 14, 15, now they're starting to get to, right to where they're about to go into college. And so, so we're enjoying some of that right now. But they did it by taking a step back. It's not easy. Could you imagine telling, telling a kid, oh, by the way, you're going to see five shots in four months. You're going go two months without a shot. But that's the commitment level, and they understand. Like they come in, they understand that that's a process, and they see the results of where the kids are playing and how they've done. It's it's been remarkable. But and it's not because I'm a genius or anything. It's not it's not me. It's the amount of time and the focus, and then a curriculum and bringing everything, all the understanding of the everything to it, which makes it. A special place.
0: Oh, I, I would say it is. And that's honestly just listening. That was the one word that kind of popped in my head was special and unique. And I, you mentioned a really great point, And uh, I, I really think that we could have a whole podcast on this down the road is really that the training and the level of players that we're producing in, in this area in Mass and New England. And I think that a lot of places and, 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 and players have gotten away from Focusing on that kind of fine-tuning level of training that you're talking about, it Mm -hmm. really just you just don't see it as much. And it to me it makes great sense. And if I kind of do an example of like a player, it's like well if if they don't focus, say that you wait like on their skate skating Mm -hmm. proper skating technique, and they just keep going and going and going. Well then you're really just just practicing doing something incorrectly so you're almost like getting worse at it if you don't and
1: you're, comp- you're, you're compounding that every day y-
0: yes every day yes. every
1: time you skate if you've got a hitch in your skate like you're going to compound that every day
0: so without taking that step back as you right. said not, and not a step back it's just it's, it's essentially re, re, retuning your focus if you will retraining how you do things and and
1: and and think of think about it it's it's your habits are, have you read Atomic Habits by any chance?
0: I have not yet, but I'm going to have fan- a, good, a good list of books, I think, it's, Brian, after Yeah, Atomic Habits is fantastic.
1: Show. So it's really cool. So it, it actually leads with a gentleman that was hired in England to take over the, 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 the cycling team. And basically all he did was concentrate on the habits, the little things that they did, the angle of their seat or the type of seat or how much they slept or how they slept or trying to get 1% better at everything. And what happened was there was no big changes in their program, but within, I think it was five years, they, they, they won the Tour de France. Wow. It, from, from, and when he took over, none of the bike sponsors wanted to give them bikes or sell them bikes because they were so bad, they didn't want to be associated with the team. Well, there you go. And, and, and that's that habits, right? It's small little habits and building one upon
2: another
0: that's that's awesome that's really really cool again no, know, for known about your programs for years and just how successful but I think to get just the the really inside look and feel today has been really yeah really and, awesome. and the
1: bridge program is is special in that way because it's that curriculum but we do the same thing in our our weekly sessions at our but we just uh, do it a little bit different It takes a little bit longer but the same premises is set curriculum building from step We're always trying to build from step to step
0: so, so Brian, obviously a lot of really interesting information about the Stop it Goaltending curriculum and getting into all your, your background and what you're doing right now, but let's talk a little bit about Sense Arena. So I know that's another project that you have going on right now. So, so what is that and, and, and how can that benefit your Sen- athletes?
1: Sense Arena is a virtual reality training for both players and goalies. If you followed virtual reality at all, it is remarkable, the advancements so uh, since Rainer just came out with the Winter Classic rink, so picture this. You put the headset on, you're literally in Lake Tahoe. Like, you look around, there's birds flying around. Wow. It's, it's quite something. And then you, from a, let's say, player standpoint, it's all about play, uh, like player IQ. It's all the cognitive part of the game. And, for instance, let's say you're a left-shot defenseman. Neutral zone regroups. If I go to your practice today and I'm a left shot defenseman and you're doing regroups, maybe I get 10, 12 regroups. So I'll have 10 or 12 opportunities to go hit somebody. And now mm-hmm. I get a regroup in a game, and now it's all different. Players are, Now I have players I got to put the puck past, right? A left shot defenseman can put on get in the rink in Lake Tahoe do a regroup drill and they're getting pucks and they're reading the play and making a decision. Wow. And that all the metrics to that decision from where they look from the time they released the puck, everything is calculated. They even have a 3d replay. So now we do a drill. I get 15 passes. I make plays. Now I go to 3d replay. It has coaches view I can look down and I go, oh, geez, the left wing was open. I hit the center. No, the right wing was open. I hit the left wing. And now you can, hey, let's do the drill again. And the, you're getting those ten thousand hours, those reps, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That you can't do. You can't duplicate. You can't give your left shot defenseman enough. Let's say, let's say you're a, a left wing. All right. You're taking puck coming off the draw. You get him puck from the the, uh, the D man. You go to the half board. Now you've got to bump it, chip it. You got to do something with the puck. You get those over and over again. How many do you get in practice? So you get to take what you're doing in practice, but then do it over and get get all those reps and all that experience of making a play. And the goalie thing is unbelievable. You literally have we we have video of NHL goalies, NHL players. You're stopping NHL shooters, so you're stopping. You're watching the release. And there's two goalies. So we have a remarkable goalie, Drew Camesso, who's one of the top goalies in the country, and then Devin Levi, one of the top goalies in the country. They use it all the time. Put it this way, the Richter Award last year, the top three goalies in college hockey, Jan Peretz and Devin Levi were two of them, big sensorina users. Now what they do is they get to use sensorina. They get to see the releases. They get to see extra plays. And the big thing is, there's no physical wear and tear. They're not going up and down. They're in their running shoes, shorts, t-shirt, whatever, sweatpants, whatever. They're not going up and down. And to take it one step further, Devin Levi, he does study sessions where he puts it on. Instead of being goalie, he sits on his couch. And all he does was, is watch the release of the drills. Um, and he does, oh, I'm doing, hands, I'm doing a hands workout. I'm doing an elbow workout. So he'll just watch where the puck goes and what happened with the elbow, what happened with the shoulder. So he, he does specific study sessions just watching. And he attributes his ability to read a release to to partly, obviously, to sensorina. And wow. even my son Joey, he doesn't go for morning skates anymore. He uses sensorina in the morning instead of going on the ice. He feels like if he does sensorina, he gets on the ice, he's fresher at night. Yeah, yeah. He got his little yep. workout in the morning, got out of bed, went yep. to the ring, Put on his headset instead of going on the ice. One less time putting on all the gear. So when he has the option, he just takes Sensorino. So there's, so there's goalies from the youngest levels, 12 years old or whatnot, all the way to NHLers that are using Sensorino. We have four NHL teams that use Sensorino. So it's, it's, it's pretty exciting stuff. And, and just watch. They're only getting going. Like, like Virtual reality is the equivalent of thinking they're at Pac-Man stages compared to right. Call of Duty.
0: Yeah.
1: It's yeah. only going to get better. People think Mark Zuckerberg's a little bit loony because of his investment and his preoccupation with, with VR. He's 100% on it. Mm. It's unbelievable what's going on with it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, I could see that just completely taking off. And and with a lot of players that are, you're trying to find the advantage. You're trying to put in the extra yeah. hours. And I think, as you said, like you, you, you don't want to run the risk of overtraining by, by being on the ice too much. So what a great way to... Take advantage of technology and also see how that's going to start to really play into training and in sports in the near future.
1: And I, I think, don't quote me on this, but I think the cost is like two ninety nine, some something in that area, like three hundred bucks or so for the year. That's the subscription. Wow. Compare it's the cost of a stick now.
0: Well, I was going to say, yeah,
1: for hundreds of hours of training, yeah, yeah, for the cost. So the value is really really good and and you see the numbers like every black friday every christmas they just sell out of everything they're not even i don't even think they're selling headsets anymore at sensorina because they're starting to get so commonplace now people are just ordering the app because sensorina is an app so yeah. if you think about vr the headset you put on it's the same thing as a phone right so you get this headset and then you you download apps and sensorina is an app that goes on the headset
0: Wow. Yeah. No, that sounds interesting. I, I want to check it out, actually. I mean, just you can well, just see how beneficial it at, would
1: be. at the pad in yep. Woburn, at Stop at Goaltending, we actually have a demo center for Sensorina. So cool. you you call me I, and you come down and we'll, you can demo the goalie thing as well. You can do the players, but I'll make you stop pucks. A great, great story, Elvis Merce Lickens. So he got the headset and Sense Arena and he started using it and he was like, oh, my God. He called his wife down. Yeah, you have to do this so you understand what it's like for me. Wow. to stop a puck, and she was blown away, and it was awesome. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely take you up on that. And Dave, I bet our audience would love to see me, right? Try to be a goalie for. <laughs> I'll have to. An I'll afternoon. have to take video. <laughs> I would love to try it, and we'll obviously give feedback to cool. to our audience. So we'll definitely do that. And Brian, I mean, I, this has just been absolutely amazing. Just to listen and and to all your your experiences and I I know our audience has probably been very captivated as well and and we could just go on forever I know but I I think definitely safe to say we will have a series of of podcasts hopefully have you back if you love it we'll come back we'll we'll dive into some other topics but again just can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to to join us and it's been very very educational
1: well thank you for what you do and and the New England Hockey Journal is such a big part of hockey in this area and it's and given credence and, and and I don't want to use notoriety, but allowing to show off some of the great players, not just the goal, but some of the great yep. players and teams and the, pre- the prep schools and the junior team. It's It's so important
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: for those grassroots to be able to get the acknowledgement, especially at a quality level product that you guys have
0: yeah no we, we thank you for that and in a way we're, we're just getting started as well so so again thank you and thanks for everyone for listening today and that does it for this edition of rinkwise our podcast is produced by david yaz follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at any hockey journal and subscribe online at new england i'm your host stephanie wood rinkwise is a siemens media production